It's like I don't care about nothing, man. Roll another blunt. Welcome to the Web Cave. I'm Dan Hummer. I'm here with Bobo. How the hell you doing, buddy? Hey. How the hell are you? Doing pretty good. We're back. Another Monday at Setwell 6.50. Sorry for the confusion. 6.50 instead of 7.50. <laughs> the fuck are we doing here, dude? You fucking better be sorry, you floppy four-eyed sack of shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I did tell you to call me fat when we got on there. I did say that. I didn't know we were going to go all the way there, though. Uh, <laughs> we're here to talk about our top, top 10 comic book writers of all time. This is a big episode, Bobby. Big deal. Yeah, big it is a big deal. But you're skipping all the other fucking shit we got to talk about first, dude. Yeah, we do have a lot of shit. Uh, a little news first. The big news is Keanu's coming back. My boy Keanu, John Wick, he's coming back as Constantine. Uh, what, what are our thoughts on that? I like it. I hope that they intertwine him with the DCEU, and I hope they get to see Keanu. And I hope that the rumors about Dua Lipa playing Zatanna is true, and she actually does play her. I'd like to see her and Keanu as yeah. Constantine and, and Zatanna. I think that would be a very good mix. Did you see the first one? It was a long time ago, but yes, I have. I have to. to I have to rewatch it. Did you like it, or like at the time? Yeah, I remember liking it when I watched it. Yeah, I I mean, I'm interested. I think it. I think it's a cool move. It's kind of fucking weird. Like, what is it? Thirteen years later, some shit like that. Yeah, but they I'm, they got J.J. Abrams on it, I think, writing it or some shit now. So I, I think this is about to be a pretty good project. Yeah, I mean, if this, like, sets up the Justice League dark, I'll be extremely happy with it. And Keanu at the forefront of that is badass. I hope it does. Like, I hope they don't really do a lot of, like, solo universe movies. Like, I hope that I'd like another Pattinson movie, but at the same time, I'd be all right if they didn't do it. Yeah. No, I agree. I uh, you know what I, mean? I don't like. I mean, you can have origins. I don't mind solo movies, but it is cool when they can interconnect and shit. And other, like, there's no reason they can't have Patrick and the Demon show up. I like Keanu's Constantine. I feel like he definitely needs to step up his game because I feel like that the actor that played him in the DC Legends of Tomorrow, to me, played it completely perfect. And completely accurate, Constantine. Yeah, he did a better job. So I'm, I Keanu definitely needs to step his game up, and like the costume and the makeup artists need to do some better work on Keanu. They need to like actually give him like blonde hair and like a rough shape, not black hair and fucking not looking like he just got done doing Point Break. But he's and he needs to act a little more like Constantine too. Like I, I remember, yeah, like, he wasn't like as snippy. 
snarky is like this fucking like like just an aggravated fucking asshole kind of dude he isn't, yeah. he isn't playing as good as he's supposed to. I will give yeah, you that. Really really funny really Constantine's a bit more witty to me than Keanu Reeves was in that movie. And like, um, I don't really remember Keanu having much of an Australian accent in the movie. He didn't have any accent. He just talked like Keanu. Yeah, like he needs to have an Australian accent. Like the dude who plays him in Legends, he does the accent. The way his voice just sounds perfectly. Yep. I mean, I mean, he's got to chain smoke cigarettes for sure. That's Constantine's deal. Yeah, and they're constantly having a cigarette lit in your hand. That's a big thing, too, yeah. He was in Constantine. He had lung cancer, for God's sake. You have fucking lung cancer. Play <laughs> down to make your salad, Play down to make your salad. We're dude, in the middle of something here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I think this is a good... This is a cool, it's a cool development with all the bullshit that we're hearing from DC and Warner Brothers and all the, you know, hearsay and we don't know what the fuck's going on. I think this is kind of cool that they're trying to do something like this. I'm excited for it. It seems like they want to bring a lot of things back. I think it's a cool movie, but it doesn't really say a lot for like the head of the new DC comic studio, like movie studio and like what their plans are. Because, like, they're trying to build this whole futuristic multiverse thing with this the DCEU. And, like, all they're doing is just announcing another one-off movie from the sequel of an almost 20-year-old movie. No, I agree. It's a weird... It's It was weird. I, I was like, what the fuck? Like, I, I heard that he was interested in it, but I didn't think they were actually going to do it. I'm going to have to go back and watch that movie. You know, I said, like, if they're never going to get back, they need to intertwine it with the with the universe. Yeah, they have to, right? And like Keanu needs to pick up his performance because like he he played a good Constantine, but he didn't play an entirely correct Constantine. Yeah, he didn't play good Constantine. No, and I mean that's directors and shit too. He's just gotta he's gotta do a. I mean, he's he's got to be more true to the character for sure than the first one was. Oh uh, yeah, but I don't mind this. I'd be down. I'm gonna, I'll drink five or fifteen beers and go watch it. Yeah. Uh, another thing next week for our next week's episode. Oh, never mind. It'll be the week after. Never mind. Oh, we'll go fuck ourselves. No, two weeks from now. Two weeks from now, I want to do the DC. The Legion of Super Pets movie that will be on HBO on the 26th. I wanted to review that movie in two weeks. All right, we can do that. Fuck yeah, The Rock and fucking Kevin Hart, dog. Crypto and Ace. Yeah, I heard we, we good more. things about that movie. I heard good things. I think the, a Black Adam dog shows up in the end. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's chewing on a Batman doll, and Crypto gets jealous. Yeah. And that's, like, the setup. Like, and people are like, oh, that means Henry Cavill's going to be in fucking Black Adam. I was like, because there was a dog? The fuck does that mean? The Black Adam dog looked cool, though. He did look cool. He looked scary. <laughs> he looked kind he of looked scary. like a mean dog. He looked mean. All right, is there any other, like, big news 
What other news do we have? Uh, I don't really know. To be honest, with you. <laughs> you don't really know. I I don't know. I don't know on it. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. I mean, there really isn't anything. I don't think. Uh, you want to talk about She-Hulk? Uh, yeah, let's talk about fucking Sheacock. I don't want to spend too much time on it because honestly, I hate it. But let's, let's I hate talk. It. Let's talk about four and five. Four, huh? Episode four. I'm not gonna lie to you. Don't really remember very much. I kind of fell asleep through it. I didn't really have the time to rewatch it. It's your expert analysis. That's my expert analysis. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad Disney wasted millions of dollars on this piece of shit project, but that's not my not my money. Anyway, episode five. I thought episode five was slight, was slightly better. The the Titania shit is very fucking irritating, but I found this shit with her trying to find the suit and finding that dude who makes all the suits. I found that to be really cool. And the fact that we finally got some clue of Daredevil's appearance, we finally got to see this man's helmet. So he's there. We're we're gonna get it. I'm excited. Hopefully next week we get or this week's episode we get Lil Ben Murdoch. Lil Ben Murdoch. Uh what do you think he's gonna do though? I think he's going to I think Titania's gonna come back because I have a feeling she's the main villain of this season. She's going to come back and she's going to, like, do something legal or physically against, or both, against She-Hulk. And Matt Murdock's going to be assisting her on a legal, like, on a legal standpoint. But shit's going to go down and then he's going to break out his Daredevil. You think so? I think that's some, some along those lines. I mean, it sounds good. It's probably... A little better than what they're actually going to do. Probably. Let's oh. uh, see how they, they've... Disney, the past... This entire year... Has been nothing but a letdown. Really? Everything? Everything. Even Loki? That was the last That was the last good thing. Like, when Falcon and the Winter Soldier ended... And when, the, when Loki ended... Like, that's when everything started getting shitty. Doctor Strange 2 was a pretty shitty movie. Thor was arguably one of the worst movies of the MCU as a whole. I don't know. If it's... Stupid. Yeah. I think they're oversaturating it. Honestly, I agree, Sharon. Sharon said oversaturation. I would say I think it's just too much. Yeah. It's like every fucking week there's another Marvel thing, which I'm not like mad. I love this shit, but it's like. Maybe it's just too fucking much. Maybe it's just a lot. It's not oversaturation. It's oversaturation. I mean, it is, but it's like oversaturation of bad content. If it was good content every week, we wouldn't be complaining of it being oversaturated, but it's just shit after shit after shit. Yeah. And then we get this big block movie, and it's shit. Yeah, if it was No Way Home every week, I don't think we'd be bitching. Right. But, I mean, it does come a point where it's like it doesn't feel as special if it's happening all the time. Like that entire period right after Endgame when we got WandaVision, 
And then as soon as WandaVision ended, we got fucking Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then right after that ended, Loki started. Like, nobody bitched that we were getting into too much content. Not mm-hmm. one fucking person said that. Everybody was wanting more. And then when they started giving out more, it was shit. Now everybody's like, oh, okay. You're really like, fuck this. I don't blame them, but... They just need to bet, like, new content. Like, I can't wait for the next phase of this universe to hurry up and get here so we can move on. Hopefully some better shit comes. I agree. I mean, Thunderbolt is almost definite to be a bust. That just sounds that, like That's much. my point. They're, they're going to spend millions of dollars on that heaping pile of trash. <laughs> heaping pile of dog shit. Right, Sharon? Right. Uh, right. Yeah, I think it's, I think you're right. I mean, there's going to be some bright spots, obviously. The Kang Dynasty shit's going to be awesome. Uh, I'm sure Fantastic yeah, will be awesome. Here, well, why don't you be fucking positive every once in a while, Baba? I will when they give me something to be positive about. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. Uh... So, so you didn't love these episodes of She-Hulk, I'm guessing? No. The series as a whole, I completely disliked the entire series as a whole. I'm just watching it to see what happens. And honestly, I'm watching it for Daredevil. <laughs> I, thought, I thought the first couple weren't terrible. But... I mean, the first episode, I could care less about. Second episode, I thought that one was pretty good. Yeah. Three, four, and five, could give a flying four, fuck less four. about. <laughs> He hates it. Uh, I hate it. He hates it. All right. It. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on then. I don't want to talk too much about something we fucking hate. Uh, we'll, we'll be back to cover the next episode six. How many are they doing? Ten? I have no idea, to be honest. Because I didn't, I didn't love it. I, uh, I mean, I'm excited for Daredevil, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan so far, whatsoever. But we'll see what happens. Maybe it gets fucking way better in the later half of the season. Yeah. Or maybe it sucks. Like it's like it oh, has. I do have some other news for you. I did see that Titans casted. I think it was Titans or it was Superman and Lois season three. They casted a Lex Luthor. Oh, I saw that too. Uh, what do you think? I, I mean, I'm not mad at it. Well, I'm not I, mad at it. I, I the, the dude as an actor, I don't really know how he is performance-wise because I've never seen him before. But appearance-wise, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't think Titans needs fucking Lex Luthor, but it is what it is. Don't they have a Superboy? Yeah. Or isn't it Connor Kent? Yeah, it's Connor. And technically, he's half Lex, half Superman. So I guess that part, it makes sense. But it's like, because Brother Blood's the villain for this season. And you know him, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be Brother Blood. And he's badass. Sebastian Blood's pretty cool. But putting in... Yeah. But... 
putting in uh, putting in Lex with him, it's like what the fuck? It was like Scarecrow last season. It's like these aren't Titans villains. When the fuck has Lex ever come across the Titans? I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but he's a league guy. He's a league villain. I don't know. It just seems like they keep using characters that aren't don't have too much to do with the Titans. 100%. That's why I didn't really like the show. And, like, I don't know. It was kind of slow for me. And, it was and the acting wasn't very great for me. I love the show. I think Titans is great, but they have made a couple decisions that are head scratchers. A couple of big ones. Oh, yeah. Um, All right. Let's talk about some house, dude. The house? The housey house? House of the Dragon, these nuts. I'm another fantastic episode. Now, are we really saying last week's was fantastic? I feel like, like, now that I've had more time to sit with it, I think last week was kind of ass, bro. See, I don't think it was ass. It was a bridge. It was an ass bridge. I'd agree. I wasn't thrilled with last week's episode. It was a bridge of butt cheeks. This week's was much better. This week's was way better because, like, I, I'm i cool with not too much action and stuff. There needs to be a story. It's a TV show, for God's sakes. But I also don't need slow, uh, slow core pornography either. I don't need to just be watching fucking for 45 minutes. You know damn well you liked it. No, I didn't fucking like it. And, because uh, I, I didn't, I, I mean, it was a well-choreographed porn scene. It's like the most expensive porn scene I've ever seen in my life. But it's like, let, let, let's do a little plot here. Instead of just watching Renera get railed. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, no, I, I like this episode a lot better. I, I'd go back up to a nine for this episode. I, uh... The political intrigues really, and it's getting like uh, that Lady Hightower is kind of a bitch, and she's coming after Renera. And a lot, I mean, a lot happened. We had a wedding where shit went south. That happens a lot in these yeah. things. So. I don't know. What would you think? Well, I mean, I thought it was a really good episode, showing the feuds, and you can see that the division is already starting to rise. Allison's already starting to wear green. She's starting to the green shit. Well, Cicerus and everybody else is wearing black. Yep. The I thought it was good. And like, I don't know. I just don't. Allison's a bitch, dude. She's completely running off entirely false information. She's an idiot. She's about and to start a world. I, I remember Sir Kristen Cole, like, kind of being like this, but I don't remember him being so fucking, like, they're really making him look like a jealous fucking little bitch, dude. It's kind of like, they're making him look really fucking weak. And, like, from my what I remember, Sir Kristen Cole's not, like, weak like that. How are they making him weak? 
Bro, with the whole shit with Rhaenyra, he's like, like crying to her. I broke my oath. Like we need to be together. And they wanted to run off, and then he was gonna go kill himself. But instead, he went and beat the shit out of the gay dude that was about to marry fucking Rhaenyra. It was so like it was just dramatic as fuck. Showed he a lot of really weak characteristics in his character. Well, yeah, I mean, he was upset about losing because he he could he broke his vow. He broke his vow, Bobby. It's a big deal. He That's fucking... his fault. He shouldn't. That shouldn't. That doesn't mean that Rhaenyra has to be with him forever, and they have to run away together because he broke his oath because they fucked. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not fucking her. You know, that's like she's the fucking princess. First yeah. of all, if she says fuck off, that means fuck off. That's true. She can do literally whatever she wants. But guess what? I'm going to get married for an agreement, so like, you just got to wait. Yeah, exactly. Like, he knew what was going to happen before all it even happened, and he's still acting like a jealous little bitch. It's like, I don't know. It shows a really lot of weak characteristics in Sir Kristen when, from what I remember from reading, that he wasn't really that much of a weak character. I mean, right. Uh, go ahead, Daniel. You're right. You were at the wedding. Kristen was so jealous that the two gay guys were picking up on it from across the room. They already knew that him and Rhaenyra were fucking each other because of the way Sir Kristen was being. Yeah, I mean, I remember him being slimy from what I would read, from what I read about the books. I remember him being kind of a slimy backstabber type. I don't know if he was like kind of a pussy, like how he's being shown. But, uh, exactly. I remember that too. He was he was a backstabber kind of character, but that I remember. But like weak like this, I don't remember that. Yeah. Fucking poor Landor lost his boyfriend. He was just trying to fucking dance. I know. And, uh, I like that scene when him and Renera are walking on the beach, and he's like, "Yeah, I gotta tell you, I like cock." She's like, "Oh, cool. We can just keep doing our thing." Yeah, but then all this like, shit happened. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. I, I liked it, too. It was like, well, they seemed like they would get along well and do their duty and fuck whoever they want. It's, it's an open relationship. Yeah. <laughs> but then fucking Kristen had to kill his boyfriend like a douchebag. I thought it was a really good episode. Though. No, I thought it was good too. I mean, it's it's about to happen. Like we are getting right there towards the war. If you saw in the next week's shit, it looks like Aegon's like, because they're aging everybody up next episode. I think we're going fifteen yep. years. I'm pretty sure, right? 15? Yeah, Aegon looks like he's like thirteen, fourteen in that area. Yeah, I. Uh, Which means we will have children next week. Some of her children will be alive, or all of yeah. them. Or no, her first three. Her actress looks really good. She's. I think she's gonna kill it. I mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. I uh I can't fucking wait. No, I, 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 I'm ready for the war, dude. I'm ready for fucking. 
that high Aegon to be like, this is my fucking throne. I'm ready. Viserys is like pretty much dead. He already fucking fell over. Uh, like let's I know, get to they're me. about to age 15 years and he's still alive. Yeah. It's crazy, dude. It looks like he had grayscale on his arm, but it wasn't. No, he doesn't all have that infection. But, yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to see what, what keeps it. This this is one of the best shows on TV right now, let's be honest. And uh, it's, it it's must-see television. You can't miss an episode. It 100% is the best show on television right now. Exactly. Uh, we got any more on House of the Dragon? Well, what else did you dig about it? Um, I know that for a fact that the new actress, Olivia Cook. Who's playing the older Allison Hightower? I know she's going to be a, she's going to play her role pretty well. She played the girl that had the oxygen tank and the oxygen mask in the Bates Motel show. Yeah. Oh, that was big. I know who's the big actor. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. She was good. I forgot about Bates Motel. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for it. Can't fucking wait. Let's get this war going. Let's let's get some bloodshed. Damon, I mean, I know you were a little like skeptical at first, but I think we can all say that Matt Smith is like a fucking legend and one of the best parts of this show. Oh yeah, definitely. He barely has to do anything, and you're like, holy shit! Like he's just he's his character is so good. I thought the scene when his wife was on the horse and the horse reared and he pushed the horse over, I thought that was a little fucking stupid. I thought it was dope. And then he smashed her head in with a rock. A human being is not going to push a horse over when they're rearing, dude. They're not going to push a horse all the way backwards. You know how much weight that is? I don't think he pushed him. I think he scared the horse. Yeah, he didn't really push him. He, he scared it the shit like out of him. It looked like he threw his arm in and his arm hit the horse on his chest. Oh. I, I, and I, like I took it more as like he was scaring the horse. the horse. The horse reared, like when it went up on its back legs. And it looked like it showed Damien pushing his arm in and it looked like he pushed the horse on its chest and like pushed the horse over. That's what caused her to fall off it. Oh, okay. I like how he smashed her head in with a rock after, or at least it's implied that he does. Yeah. Kind of fucked up. Damn it, dude. He wants Rhaenyra. He wants he wants to fuck the shit out of his niece, dude. <laughs> he wants to he do wants the dance. Hoist it over. He wants her hoisted over a dragon, dude. You're disgusting. Me? No, Dude, I'm just explaining how other man's wishes and desires. Yeah, but they're fucked. <laughs> they're but, fucked wishes. Hey. Whatever. That's what, what he wants, wants, dude. That's what he wants. Yeah, Damon's, I'm, I'm, Damon's like pussy's pussy, dude. Pussy's pussy. He does whatever the fuck he wants. I, I like how, like, mm-hmm. when Viserys, I, it was last episode, but I like how when they, like, brought him in, he's like, you fuck my daughter? He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> Hate to break it to you, buddy. I did. 
He's like, I know what the inside of your daughter feels like. I mean, he was kind of rude about it. He was kind of harsh. But Damon Targaryen, dude, of course he was a fucking dick about it, dude. Yeah. He's a dick about most. Most of the daughter, do you really think he's going to walk up to you and be like, I'm sorry, mister. I had sexual relations with your daughter. <laughs> no. The woman's going to walk up and he's like, yeah, I fucked that bitch, dude. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? <laughs> Nothing. What are you going to do about it? It's David fucking Targaryen, dude. He don't give a fuck. Is it like... Is it fucked up that I didn't connect the dots to the greens and the blacks until like right now when you said that about her wearing green? Like when I when I thought it was corny last night when the guy's like, oh, he fucking she wears green when they're ready for war. That's like yeah, uh, dude, she's bringing out the colors. That's yeah. like the first sign that the division of the realm starting because yeah. she came out in the greens. It's showing you, and and Viserys was standing there wearing black and red, blacks and reds versus the greens, dude. Well, now, I mean, now I fucking understand, but, like, and I, like, I'm a huge fan of the, the, that's, like, my favorite part is that there's a division, and you got two different Tarkarians, you got the greens and the blacks, but I just didn't fucking, couldn't, last night I was like, why the fuck, who cares if she's wearing green and it means war, like, shut the fuck up, but today I was like, oh, shit, that's, it's actually pretty yeah. cool, <laughs> I'm just a fucking idiot, all right, that's uh, funny. No, but I, I can't wait. And when she came, that scene was pretty powerful. And everyone's like, oh, shit. Viserys is getting pissed. Everyone kept interrupting his big speech. Yeah, you've seen the division, dude. You've seen everybody in the room. And she came in in the green. Only a certain section of the room stood up and supported her while everybody else was sitting down supporting the king. Yep. It's already starting. That's what the whole scene was about. And she interrupted him on purpose. That's why, exactly. That's why she walked in the room like that, in the middle of his speech. She was declaring war. Pretty much. And now, and now they're going to go to war. And I'm I'm excited for it. I, I give this a 9 out of 10. This episode was good. Yeah, it was. I'm going to go 8.5. All right. Fucking Debbie Downer. No, I like the episode a lot. There was just a couple little things I thought were a little odd, so that's what dumbs it down a bit. But we're good. <laughs> but we're good. All right, let's go. Uh, on. Let's move on to our list of the people who grace us with all of our, all of the stories and everything that's brought us here today. Yeah, I mean, this is a big deal. Uh, top ten comic book writers of all time. The, the people that bring you know our imagination to life. We wouldn't be fucking here having this conversation if it wasn't for most, especially a couple people that I know are on your list, uh, and, and even, like everybody. We we wouldn't fucking be here. And some of our favorite care. All you ever talk or all anybody ever talks about is movies and shit. But you don't get movies without the comics. You don't get video games. You don't get any of this cool shit without the comics and the people that wrote them and those stories that are fucking stolen for the big Infinity War sagas and shit like that. These are all written by people. So we're going to we're going to give them their flowers today. Uh, You want to start with your number 10? Good, sir. Yeah, I'll go ahead and start with my number 10 here. 
Uh, my number 10 is going to be a a man who was a part-time DC writer, but he's more or less known for his Marvel Comics work. And, and that would be Ed Brubaker. Or okay. Brubaker. Yeah. I think it is Brubaker. I mean, either way, I enjoyed a lot of his early work in the early 2000s, what he did with Marvel, because that's when, like, I was reading Captain America shit. That's when I was enjoying it. It was a lot of Brubacher stuff. He's the one that brought Bucky Barnes back from the dead, made him into the Winter Soldier, which, as we all know, Marvel Studios later casted that and turned that into a movie, a whole movie and a whole character in the MCU. So, yeah, Brubaker to thank for that. He did uh, two two books that I really enjoy are X Men versus the Avengers. He did that, and he also did uh, Gotham Central for DC, and that was like based on the the police department. And yeah, badass, really good, really good. I know book. he did. Um, I know he did Secret Avengers too. That was a good run. And um. And, and some of his Daredevil shit was pretty good too, and I'm pretty sure him and Michael him and um and um John Michael Bendis, I think they did an Immortal Iron Fist series. I could be wrong on that, so I would have to be corrected on that. But I'm pretty sure those two did an Iron Fist series together. Brubaker, I think you might be right. I wonder if he did Immortal Iron Fist. <laughs> no, I don't know, but. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a very solid pick. That's a great number ten, for sure. He's a legend. I definitely he's one of the current Marvel writers that I like. Cause I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, like post 1990s, I'm not a fan of Marvel comics. But pre 1990s, I'm a huge fan of Marvel comics, like Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, and Steve Ditko and shit like that. Like I liked a lot of those comics. I mean that's like fucking 70s, but yeah. 70s, 80s, like the good shit, like the original Secret Wars storyline. Like, I wish that was the storyline they were going to go with in the Avengers Secret Wars movie we're going to get, but they're not. They're going to probably go off the one that was written, I think, in like 2008 or 11. Right. I agree. I agree with you. Current Marvel's all right, but the old shit is is definitely the good shit. Kind of in both companies, but definitely Marvel. 100%. 100%. Who's your number 10? All right. I went with a man. Uh, I know you were originally thinking about him. And he's on my list for two reasons. And both of those reasons have something to do with the Dark Knight. I went with Frank Miller. And I only have him at number 10 because cause he has made some fucking terrible shit in his later years. Uh like, I don't know if you ever read All-Star Batman and Robin, but it's pretty much, like, the worst thing ever. When fucking... And Batman keeps calling himself, I'm the goddamn Batman. And he's fucking making Robin eat rats and shit. And he, he like... And he's, like, there's people dying on fire, and he's fucking Black Canary. And he doesn't give a shit. So yeah. Frank Miller's, like, edgy Batman. Sometimes it doesn't work, and it's fucking terrible. But all other times you get the Dark Knight Returns, which might be the greatest single piece of Batman fiction ever written. Uh, incredible story, and he did Year One, which is the definitive origin. If anyone like, 
looks for the one clear Batman origin that's really good, it's year one. And Dark Knight Returns is incredible, too, if you're into that type of shit. So I had to go Frank Miller, because his version of Batman is a lot of people's favorite version. I don't think it, it's consistent with, like, other people's version of Batman. I think he's very different. He's more, he's too gruff and doesn't give a fuck and not really a superhero. <laughs> but uh, Frank Miller has, he has done some good shit. So that's my number 10. All right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not a bad one. I mean, I don't. I only thing I really like from Frank Miller is Dark Knight with Mint. Other than that, I honestly could care less about anything else he's written, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, Year One's pretty fucking good. That's a classic story, but. I mean, yeah, I don't mind Year One, but. It's pretty much. It's not. It's not Dark Knight Returns level or anything good. He also did the in. Well, what did he do? The Dark Knight Strikes Again. That was like the sequel to Dark Knight Returns. And it was fucking trash. And that was the one where Superman and Wonder Woman fuck. And they're destroying the planet. Like tsunamis are happening. Earthquakes are happening as they're having sex. That's like the yeah. dumbest shit. And like I get the idea, but it's like like these are superheroes. <laughs> like they don't want to fucking destroy everything to get a nut off. So, yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, that's my number ten. Who you who you got at nine, bro? I have Mark Wade. One of Superman Birthright is probably my favorite origin comic of all time. That's Mark Wade. So yeah, he's I like his Superman Birthright. Yeah, he did Batman Gotham by Gaslight, which I thought was a pretty interesting storyline. He did a lot of Wonder Woman stuff. I know he did some Flash work and some Justice League. Mark Wade is a once in a lifetime like type of talent. That dude's fucking nuts. Like you like you he, said. If he knew the character the X Men character Onslaught, he created him. Or created, I believe. One of the two. And hell, he's still working. He's doing the Batman versus Robin event that's going on right now with Damien and, and Batman. Is that Mark Wade? That is. The the Road to War, the prelude was somebody else, but the official series that's going on right now, issue one just dropped last week. That is Mark Wade. Yeah, and he did Kingdom Come, too. That's a huge storyline. I forgot he did that. That's one of the biggest Elseworlds. And first of all, Gotham by Gaslight's like the first Elseworld story. So he, like, changed the fucking game. And, yeah, and they made a Kingdom, movie on that, too. Yeah. And Kingdom Come's known as, like, one of the greatest stories ever told. It's not my favorite piece uh, of, of fiction, but I, I understand why a lot of people like it. And I mean, Mark Wade's not like JLA Year One, uh, which brought Black Canary into the mix. That was the definitive origin for the league for a little bit until it got retconned. Yeah. He he's done a lot of cool shit. He did. Like, I know he did. Um, the Amazing Spider-Man in the 2000s. I know he did that for sure. Yes. Uh, he did a lot of Marvel shit in the 2000s. He's he's probably one of the best of the the mid 2000 writers of all time. He really brought in that new generation and killed it. He did. Who's your number nine? No, I went with somebody. I went with another Batman writer. <laughs> you can tell who who my boy is. 
but uh, I went with someone who way more consistent than Frank Miller and someone that just put out constant hits. I went with Jeff Loeb. He's kind of he's a little underrated, but hear me out. This is the guy that wrote The Long Halloween, uh, one of the probably Batman's greatest detective story ever written. And then he did Dark Victory, which brings Dick Grayson's Robin into it for the modern era. And that's done really fucking well. It also does Two-Face and stuff. Uh, he also wrote Hush with Jim Lee doing the artwork. Incredible fucking book. So his Batman work alone uh, puts him on this list. He ha- he has done other stuff. He has done some Superman. He did the President Lex stuff when Lex Luthor ran for president. One of the a thousand times that he's done that. President Lex yeah. is a pretty good story, and Jeff Loeb did that. Uh, damn good writer. D- damn good yeah. writer. Really good Batman writer, but, I mean, anything. I mean, those those three stories alone, like, everyone put, they liked year one as the origin, but then you they say to directly go to Long Halloween and then Dark Victory. If you want to go on like a reading order of Batman and really know his story. And, and those two were Jeff Lowe. And then you followed up with Hush a little bit later. It's like, let's do the fucking mastermind. He created Hush and that whole character. And that's still around today. So Mark, Mark Wade's a big deal. Not Mark Wade, my fucking. <laughs> Jeff Lowe. Yeah. All right. You yes, ready sir. for my number eight? It's a big one. Who is it? You ready for it, dude? No. You're not ready for it? it? No, no. Give me a second. All right. All right. Let me know when you're ready for it. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Pretty big guy. Pretty big artist in the 90s. Real big on Spider-Man. Had, his, had his one with Batman. Okay. Also helps form Image Comics. Come oh, out I know who fun. I know who we're talking about. That was Mr. Todd McFarland. The first man to grace us on the on a comic book page with the huge Spider Man villain everybody loves to this date known as Venom. Yes. This man has brought us both Venom and Spawn and has arguably written one, probably one of the greatest top three, top five Spider-Man story arcs that there is. Yeah. Todd McFarlane is... Mm -hmm. And he's about to make, he's about to have his directorial debut and he's about to direct his own Spawn movie starring Jamie Foxx. Yeah, I don't know when that movie's ever going to fucking come out, but that's amazing that they're finally doing that. Yeah. I mean, Tom McFarland's a fucking rock star. His Batman run was good, but it wasn't nearly as successful in my eyes as his Spider-Man run was, because his Spider-Man run in the 90s like kind of made Tom McFarland like a superstar. Yeah. No, he was he was one of the first writers that was like a rock star. Especially when he left, it was like fuck you. I'm making my own company where the creators keep all their own shit. We're done fucking people over out of their shit. And then he made Image, 
and and he fucking came out the gate with Spawn. Like this dude was, he was like, it was it was the first time that it was about the creators and not just the characters. People are like, wow, Tom McFarlane's the fucking man. Balls of steel on that guy. And it, I mean, to this day, he's an evil genius. He's got McFarlane Toys, the one of the biggest toy companies. Like it competes with Mattel and shit, and he makes all the DC figures and uh, a bunch of other shit. Uh, he's probably the greatest uh, writer slash artist because he does both. Uh, I'm yeah. Did It'll you know that fucking? Did you know that he has a fucking Grammy? What's he? What's he have a Grammy for? He has a Grammy because he he has the award for writing the best short form music video for the music video for Freak on a Leash by Korn in the year 2000. Jesus Christ. He has a he's got a Grammy award. Created Spawn. About to direct a Spawn movie and had one of the most successful Spider-Man runs in history. Todd McFarlane's the man. And he's making fucking Batman Spawn this year. The crossover. Oh, I bet you that'll be cool. That's finally coming out. And I I can't wait for that. Uh, Yeah, Todd McFarlane's a G. I mean, he made the animated series. I don't know if you've ever seen that. The 90s animated series. Really fucking good. It is good. He had a hand in the the movie wasn't that good. I mean, it was a little early for a Spawn movie back then in the nineties. But I do have fond memories of it too. But everything everything Tom McFarlane has touched has been pretty much gold. So Spawn's been running for how long? Like that's big for non like the fact that it might Spawn might be the biggest non DC or Marvel character that like kids and like casual audiences know. Like, most people know about Spawn and shit. And, I mean, I, I don't, like, you got Hellboy and other things and, I guess, Invincible and stuff. But no one really, like, if it's not Marvel or DC, people are like, huh? Yeah. Tom McFarlane was the first one to be like, yo, fuck those guys. We're making our own company. What is that? I definitely enjoy Tom McFarlane a lot. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a great pick. Uh, all right, dude. Who's your number eight? You ready for me? I actually went with a Marvel writer. Oh, boy. I went with Donny Cates. Uh, simply because of his work with uh, the Thanos Wins series is one of my favorite Marvel comics of all time. Okay. He also, one of my favorite characters, he introduced the Cosmic Ghost Rider, and, which is still around today. And he did a lot of work on, uh, he did Venom, and he, he pro- probably my favorite Venom run. I, te- I know Tom McFarlane created him, and that his stuff against Spidey was awesome. But uh, Donny Cates' Venom run is really fucking solid. And he's probably the most unknown name on my list. And he's, he's probably one of the more underrated uh, writers. But he's actually pretty badass. He's done some Hulk. He, he's, done, he's done quite a few things. A lot of Marvel. He hasn't done very much DC, but he, I mean, he's still got more to come, I'm sure. And uh, from what I've seen, I mean, Thanos wins is enough to put him on any list. And uh, yeah, dude's a badass. I don't know if you know him. Yeah. Not too much, but I've definitely heard of him and I've read some of his stuff. Yeah. He's nasty. He's done some Thor and Doctor Strange and shit, too. He's been all over the board at Marvel, so. 
Yeah. It's my number eight. All right, I'm going to hit this song real quick, and then I'll tell you my number seven. <laughs> you go right ahead. Uh, hold up. While you're doing that. You can't. Never mind. I'm always gone. All right, you ready, dude? Yeah. I was going to play Jeopardy music, but I missed my cue. You did. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My number seven. Yeah. Is somebody who I honestly should have put lower in my list, but we're going to rock with it. Let's rock with it. Scott Snyder. The man, the myth, the legend, the dark edge lord of comics. Yes, sir. The dark, the dark Knights death metal series writer. Mm-hmm. Metal, death metal. Batman who laughs. Yes, he did create that. He created the Robin King. Uh... He was the the perfect guy to pick up, because his Batman is probably my because that new Fifty Two Batman he introduces the Court Owls and all that and that was a fucking game changer. Like when yeah, he took over for Batman. yeah, 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 that was good. And then he came out with that one um, comic where Jim Lee was the illustrator on it, where there was a Superman comic that was supposed to be with the Man of Steel movie. Oh, yeah, they did do that. I forgot about that. Yeah, I know he wrote that. I know he dabbled with a little bit of Flash. But he was a big rebirth uh, in Dark Knight's metal, death metal era writer for DC. And honestly, I well, not one of my favorite eras, but I do like the stories. Yeah, I don't really... Sometimes his fucking edginess and the fact that everything has to be in the dark multiverse gets a little fucking much for me. But he is a really good writer. And like I said, that new 52 Batman and the Court of Owls is probably one of the greatest stories I've ever read. And that was yeah, all him. That year of the villain shit with the dark, with the Death Metal universe shit, that I'm pretty sure he was doing all that. And that was really cool. Like when yeah. Lex was, worth, was working with the Batman who laughs like that was I thought that was cool. He was supposed to write a prequel for the Justice League movie. He was supposed to write a prequel comic, but he's like, people already fucking confuse me with Zack Snyder anyway. I'm not doing it. <laughs> but yeah, he's 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 really good. He's I mean, he's like one of the better modern writers. I mean, he's been going since around 2011. He took over after Grant. He he was right after Grant on Batman, and then he started doing the League stuff and uh, Rebirth. And yeah, I mean he, yeah. he's a he's a damn good writer. Hell yeah! Who's your number seven? My number seven is a guy that kind of you know came up same era as him, and collaborated with him a little bit because they both kind of had the vision of the DC universe. I went with Tom King. Uh He's he's still killing it right now in DC. He hasn't really done very much at uh, Marvel, like at all. But he's like DC's fucking. Like I think he did Vision at Marvel. But uh, DC, he's had so many swings and only like one big miss. But he did. Uh, he he's known for the City of Bane 
Batman stuff and the Batman Catwoman stuff. But he also did uh he also did quite a few other things. He he did a lot of Superman. He did uh he's known for his black label shit, which his Elseworld stuff, Tom King is best when he's not writing for the continuity. So and he's good at taking characters that you're like don't really give much of a fuck about it. He makes them good. Like he's got a Mr. Miracle uh, series that's really good. He's got uh, Strange Adventures that's really good with Adam Strange, who's like a Silver Age character. And and these are and he like puts like deep themes in them, and he he does a lot about like depression and stuff, which is weird with superheroes, but he he makes it work. And he's one of the most prolific DC writers in the last ten years. Uh, right. He's doing Human Target right now, which really isn't my thing. I stopped buying it, but I, I do. He, his City of Bane Batman run is really it, it's the first time that I really looked at. Like I didn't even like Nightfall where he, but in this one I was like, damn, Bane's a, a badass dude. He introduced the single, or the the signal to the Bat family, which I don't know if that's a huge addition, but he did that. Uh, he's he's just been the guy for DC for a while. The only time he's really fucked up is Heroes in Crisis. I thought Heroes in Crisis was a terrible, terrible event storyline. Uh, but besides that, Tom King, uh, he he's one of the better DC writers in recent years. Yeah, I definitely I would agree. I definitely have to agree. All right. What are we on, six? Yes, sir. Another really big modern one for me, and honestly, probably my favorite modern-day writer currently writing, Brian Michael Bendis. Oh, God. I really enjoy Brian Michael Bendis. The one thing, one of the major things I like about him a lot is the illustrator that works with him, David Marquez. I really enjoy his artwork a lot. But, like, Brian Michael Bendis' current run with the Justice League and with the Dark Crisis shit that's going on and the Robin series. Or not Robin. He didn't do Robin. But I'm really liking the current Justice League stuff that he's done. And a lot of the Spider-Man and Avengers shit he did in the early 2000s was really good as well. Uh, I thought, um, like, the Superman Leviathan, that book was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, he he is, like, I mean, he's known as the GOAT. I mean, his Miles Morales, he brought that character to the forefront. I know you're not a huge fan. A lot of people liked his Jessica Jones. uh, But his Superman was actually really solid when he came over. I'm not a huge fan of his week. He was. But you know, I mean, his league. Do you like his league stuff? I do. The only thing about his league stuff I don't like is that there's no Wonder Woman and Tipolta instead. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily enjoy that aspect, and I don't necessarily care for the character Naomi too much, to be honest. Yeah, and he like pushed the shit out of her. That that, that was did. the only like, thing I didn't like about him. I like how he brought Black Adam into the league. He was the guy that's like, okay, Black Adam's part of like the Justice League now. Yeah. And like, okay. I like that, and I like how they made, 
like that I really like his Justice League shit, but like I more or less really liked his Spider Man his Spider Man shit. And he's really popular for his his X Men work and his uh X Men crossover with House of M. Yeah, that House of M That's everybody's favorite. He's no, not. He's a hell of a In my eyes, I would definitely. I wouldn't consider him the goat. I'd say he's the goat of modern comics for sure. Yeah, I think he was even like Grant Morrison's protege, if I'm pretty sure. I think they worked together. He back. definitely. From what I from what I remember, like Grant Morrison and Frank Miller are like his two biggest like role models in the writing. Which I kind of yeah. find Frank Miller to be kind of odd because like. He writes in nothing like Frank Miller. No, not what's I mean, he does write like Grant Morrison. It's a little little smarter. But he does not write like Frank Miller. <laughs> Nobody writes like Frank Miller. But uh yeah, that's a great pick. Was that seven? Or six? six? That was six. Okay. I'm going with another independent man, and I think Danielle might appreciate this. I went with the the creator of The Walking Dead, Robert Kirkman. Uh, 144 issues this man wrote and it was it's probably the most successful comic book adaptation television television show of all time The Walking Dead was fucking huge and by the way he also made Invincible one of like a lot of people's preferred like alternative superhero universe to Marvel and DC and that animated show on Amazon Prime fucking kills it great show and a lot of people love it so, Robert Kirkman, for an independent and his own company, I mean, he goes through Image, but his company's Skybound. And the, those two properties have made that man a lot of money and very successful. Uh, the Walking Dead is one of the biggest things. I, I have the big copiendums of all the issues, big fucking huge books. He's made so many of those. Uh, he, he also went to Marvel for a little bit. He did Marvel Zombies for them. And uh, he also did Ant Man for about twelve issues. I didn't yeah, so he did work. At, he didn't like Marvel. He's he's bitched about Marvel since though. He, like he's like they treated me like shit, and I was making way more off Walking Dead. So I was like, fuck you. But he he did do a little bit for Marvel, and uh, I mean, just the the two properties that he's really worked on are like the are huge successes for him so the fact that invincible ran for so long and walking dead i mean both ran from like 2003 i mean for like 15 years it's nuts so yeah it's very impressive all right yeah yeah you ready for my number five dude yeah i'm ready my number five is a legend an absolute legend. I don't think you're ready for it. I'm ready, dude. You ready for it? No. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking ready. Who you're is not, it? You're not ready? No, I'm fucking ready. Bobby, who is yeah, The man, the myth, the legend on the face of the Mount Rushmore of comic book artists. Or, I mean, not artists. Writers and artists, actually. Jack Kirby. 
Yeah, the goat. I I have nothing but respect for him. The the father of fucking Dark Side, and all of the new gods for that matter. Stan Lee's I mean, fucking sidekick and co-creating the Avengers and Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four. And even Captain America and Iron Man. Silver Surfer. The Black Panther. I'm pretty sure he even wrote Black Panther. He created the Black Panther, yes. He, I mean, the man created every... I mean... Ant-Man, Captain America, fucking, just so many things. I mean, Thor, Nick Fury, everything. I mean, fucking, I'm pretty sure, uh, Jean Grey, the X-Men. I think he created the X-Men. Hulk, Human Torch, the Fantastic Four, I mean... Jack Kirby he has is like... A, I know he had a Martian Manhunter run. He had a Green Arrow run as well. And Superman. He did Superman's pale Jimmy Olsen. I'm pretty sure he created Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he created Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen's a little before... Because Jimmy Olsen was around in the fucking 40s. I don't think he created Jimmy Olsen. I mean, bro, I mean... I he did, did Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. I did some though. research earlier, and Jack Kirby's been a writer for DC since 1942. Well, and that's right. That's a very good point. But the thing is, we don't know what he did, and those weren't by the name of Jack Kirby. He used to anonymously write for a bunch of companies, not even just DC. He would anonymously, even some Marvel, he, he would do, he has some anonymous credits and, and of books that he's wrote that we still don't know, but th- they were definitely written by Jack Kirby. That's how, that's how fucking good he is. He did some, she's like, I don't even need the fucking credit. I'm just going to make it. And I mean, and the fact that he did all that at Marvel and then he's like, you know what? I'm going to go create the fourth world and like this big universe and the new gods and dark side. And it was, it had nothing. I mean, it started in Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, but it was just new gods was its own thing. And then DC was like, I mean, this is the best villain ever. We're going to have to use him for our universe. So they took dark side and that's how good he is. And then, I mean, he made commandy last boy on earth, which is like a cult classic and the forever people like his fourth world. It's a it's a pretty like robust like it's its own universe inside the DC universe so it's nuts. Jack Kirby's a legend. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, a lot of people prefer his art to his writing because his writing's a little campy, and his art's like cutting edge. Like like his he's to me his art's like he's a top ten. He, if we did top ten artists, he would be on my list too. But his writing, oh, I mean, he, he's created mm-hmm. so much good shit. So. He has. The father of Darkseid has to be mentioned in the top ten comic writers. I agree. He definitely is. I mean, he's both. He's both. So I, I agree. That was definitely. Who's your number five? Who's my number five? I'm gonna put a little. I'm gonna put some boobies in this. You know, we're, we're, this thing's a fucking sausage fest so so far. Let's throw some tits in the mix. Some uh, tits. <laughs> Let's throw a couple tits in there. I'm sure she's not going to appreciate me saying that. But uh, <laughs> I went with uh, Gail Simone, who uh, okay. 
one of the probably the most high profile female writers of all time. Uh, she's known for her birds, birds of prey, which I, I mean, no, by the movie, I, I know you're not a huge fan, but comics, that group's actually pretty legit. She's also known for her new 52, uh, Batgirl run. What she's known for, for me, which is probably my favorite, uh, run of, of any character is her plastic man. Cause she did plastic man. And you know how I feel about my boy plastic man. Well, you know, so Gail Simone, I mean, she's been doing this thing for a while. Like, I mean, she goes to DC. She did Wonder Woman for like three years and it's a really good Wonder Woman uh, run. She did the secret six. She did a bunch of shit. She's, I mean, her Batgirl is what she's like hugely known for in her Barbara Gordon, but she she's done so 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 much other good shit. She did some action comic stuff. Uh, in, in a in a world full of cocks, you know, she she really made her mark. So, girl power, baby. Oh yeah. I uh. I mean, I, I I read her shit and I enjoy it, and she she's a really good writer. She gets the characters, so, and that's that's probably the most important. Part. Yeah. Gail Simone. All right, are you ready for mine? No. Yeah, of course. Isn't number four? You did. Number four. Let's get it. Probably the biggest writer currently. In DC Comics, Joshua Williamson. My boy. The writer currently behind the current event, Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, Infinite Frontier, the current Damian Wayne Robin series. Yes. A mass amount of the Flash comics in the the, 2010s. He did Batman. He's this man's done everything. Green Arrow. He did Infinite Frontier, Justice League, Suicide Squad, shit, Red Hood and the Outlaws. Joshua Williamson's name is almost on everything that we've seen from DC like within the last ten years. All the good shit for sure. Uh, All the good shit, definitely. He's so good. He's so good. I And I told you this earlier, and it's a fact. When I go to the comic book shop every week, I'm get like, if his name's on it, I'm buying it. I don't give a fuck what it is. I don't, he's done so good with his flash. He brought Wally West back to the forefront, which comic fans will forever. Because the one thing my boy Tom King did do in Heroes in Crisis is make Wally a fucking murder for, for no good reason. But my boy uh, Joshua brought him back. And uh, he made, he redeemed him, he retconned all that bullshit, and Wally's back to being, like, everyone's favorite hero. And the shit he's doing with Rob and Damian Wayne, you can tell he really likes that character, because that's one of the best runs in comics right now. And uh, Dark Crisis, I mean, he, he, I've, like, heard interviews of Williamson, and he's a big lore guy, he loves the history, and you can tell, because he brings, like, every fucking character in. All his characters are fucking fantastic, dude. His Batman Superman shit was awesome. All his Justice League shit was awesome. I know he did a Deathstroke run that was fucking really good. 
I absolutely mm-hmm. loved all his shit he did with the Flash, dude. All his fucking solo Flash comics, his volume five of the Flash, that whole fucking like hundred comic issue, the hundred fucking comic book fucking volume. I love it. Every single book. Yeah. I read every single one. They're all they're all absolutely fantastic. The the dude everything he touches is is great. I mean he could do like I don't know if you ever heard of the Hemogoblin. Uh he's a vampire that got AIDS. If Joshua Williamson wrote him and wrote his own series, I'd buy it. <laughs> he can do anything. <laughs> the, the guy is fucking awesome. Uh, I don't think the Emo Goblin should ever be brought back, but but Williamson is he's so good, and Dark Crisis is ter- turning out to be really fucking cool. Uh, some yeah, people, you know, I can't it, but to read it, I really want to get my hands on his Robin, his Damian Wayne series because I love Damian Wayne. Probably yeah. my favorite character in Gotham. I probably enjoy Damian equally as much as I enjoy Batman. Yeah, me too. Nowadays, me too. But yeah, Joshua will I mean, he's writing the Rogues right now, which is the Rogues are uh, invading Gorilla City, and this is like ten years in the future, and they're trying to steal from Gorilla Grodd, and it's fucking amazing. It's like the best book out right now. So Joshua will Williamson, he really knows what he can do anything, and he can he can take any type of character and make make you root for him. Hundred percent. All right, I went, uh, for my number four, I went a little artsy-fartsy, and I know you're probably not a huge fan of this man, but he's done so much, uh, specifically for DC, but more for, like, Vertigo, which is, like, DC's kind of branch, a branch off of DC. And uh, he's definitely acclaimed now because of the Netflix show, but I went with Neil Gaiman. Uh, He wrote The Sandman. He wrote The Sandman, which is still known as one of the best fictional works of all time. Not even just comics. It's one of the best pieces of fiction. It's not my favorite story, but for it's like critically acclaimed. He wrote that. He wrote, uh, he wrote Preacher. I'm pretty sure he wrote Preacher. He might not have wrote Preacher, but he wrote Lucifer. He did write Preacher, didn't he? I'm not sure on that, but I was going to say Lucifer. He wrote Lucifer. And the best book of all time, Neverwhere. Neverwhere. That, that, that's it. a book, but that's still. a book, yeah. yeah. But great writer, great fun. Didn't he have the magic, the book of magic, or something? He wrote the books of magic, which is very, very close to Harry Potter, and came out like ten years before, or five years before, something like that. And like the character of, of Timothy looks a lot like Harry Potter with the glass shit. Not to say J.K. Rowling's biting my man's shit, but just saying the books of magic. Uh, and he, he brought in like Constantine for a lot of his shit. He's just, he's really good with the supernatural stuff and the dark stuff. He's a bit artsy, but, uh, he's really fucking good. Neil Gaiman is one of the most profound writers. He also wrote some of the Doctor Who series when it's up. Oh, the TV show? The TV show when it came back with uh, Matt Smith and that. Yeah. So he's transcended and done yeah, other mediums. he's done mediums. a lot of stuff. He does novels and TV and... He's like that Sandman show on Netflix. He's like the number one, like, like he's the guy. He's the showrunner, pretty much. So, Neil Gaiman, yeah, he's the fucking man. He's not he's so much fan. superheroes and shit, but what's up? I said he's the man. 
He's the fucking man, Bobo. What you know about that game? You ready for another legend? Yeah. I feel like we've been spitting legends all night. Someone that I consider a legend, but you do not. For some ungodly reason. The godfather of Marvel Comics, Mr. Stanley. Okay. Our conversation that we had does not make me... No, I've never said that Stanley is not a fucking... Don't do that. Don't fucking do that. <laughs> Why do you do this shit? Uh, Stanley is a legend. I did not say that. The creator, most well, co-creator of Spider-Man, the X-Men, Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, the Ant-Man, Wasp, all the Fantastic Four, Black Panther... Daredevil, Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch, Black Widow, and many, many more. Uh, we got God damn it, man. We're in the middle of something here. Hey, when pussy calls. Uh, Stan Lee is, is the great... I mean, he's the founder. He's the one. He's the man. He, he The cameos in the movies alone... And just the fact, I mean, he created it all. I mean, DC was already a thing, but Marvel, like, it's all Stan Lee, man. Uh, Jack, he had a lot of help from very talented people. And that was the fucking point I was making, was that he had a lot of help from, like, very talented people like Kirby and Dicko. But don't get me wrong, Stan Lee is the fucking guy. And he's a legend, and he created everything. Like, like another one, like what I said at the beginning, we're not having this conversation without Stan Lee. We're not talking about these things. What the fuck's a superhero? I mean, obviously Superman and shit's made before Stan Lee, but I don't know. He he made his own universe, and he made it probably one of the greatest and most lucrative franchises of all time. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great pick. And to me, like, his general writing... I, like I'm not going back and really reading a lot of Stanley's stuff, but very legendary. And he definitely had his own style, and he is a, a profound writer too. He what he, his writing is masterpiece as well. Right. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. All right, my number three, someone. Not quite as legendary, but he's on his way, damn it. He's a modern writer. I'm going with my boy, Tom Taylor. Uh, He's wrote for both Marvel and DC. Right now he's doing a lot of DC stuff. But this is the man behind Deceased, which is DC zombie thing. And uh, one of my favorite Elseworlds things. Probably one of my favorite super... I think it's better than Marvel Zombies. Marvel Zombies can blow me. Uh, That's gross. <laughs> do, you want, do you want, like, dead Thor to just wrap his lips around your shit, dog? As long as he doesn't eat it, I don't think there's an issue. But he did the Injustice comics based off the video game. A lot of people love those. Uh, his Deadpool is fucking amazing. His what? I said, I am one of those people. I love that yes. video game. And I actually enjoyed the animated movie a lot as well. Yes. And the comics are like what the animated movie's based on. It's really good. And it's written by Taylor. 
Uh, he did a lot of the Star Wars comics for Marvel. He His work on Deadpool is really good. All-new Wolverine, that's something I would check out for Bobo, a huge Wolverine fan. Uh, his superior... Yes, his and his Logan's fucking badass. And right now, uh, two of his ongoing series for DC are two of my favorite series and something I pick up every time they're out. Superman, Son of Kal-El, uh, Jonathan Kent, uh, Superman's son, who's fucking killing it right now. And Joshua Williamson has him killing it in uh, Dark Crisis as well, but a lot of that ties into Tom Taylor's solo run, and it's fucking amazing. And he, he does my boy Nightwing. He's a fucking Nightwing. And Nightwing was going through some bullshit. I forgot who was writing him before, but it was fucking bad. And then Tom Taylor fucking took over and made Nightwing the man he is again. It's won awards. I mean, his Nightwing 78 won an Eisner award, I'm pretty sure. So he's won some, he's won awards on his books. Nightwing, uh, he brought him back into the forefront and now he's killing it. And that series is one of my favorite from DC at the moment. So Tom Taylor's doing his fucking thing. Uh, whenever they need somebody to, he's like their go-to guy, him, Williamson. And uh, that might be about it right now. Cause King's kind of on the, he's, he's kind of backing away. So Williamson and, and Taylor, are the two guys for DC. Oh yeah. I really agree. Why don't you hit us with your number dos? My number dos? Your number dos. See, this oh, one no, I know no, you're no. ready for. Huh? This one I know you're ready for. No, I'm not. No, skip this one, motherfucker. You're taking the sales out of my number one. Yeah. You know, I mean, then I have to go my number one, God damn it. No, Dan, just say your number two is Dan's number one. So let Dan do his number one, and then you do your number one. That just confused the shit out of me. Just go ahead. Do your number two. All right, well, I guess I'm taking the sell out of Dan's number one because my number two is Daniel's number one. Yes. One of the godfathers of DC Comics, Mr. Grant Morrison. The GOAT, the greatest of all time. Uh... Yeah. Huge Batman I, guy. What? Final Crisis writer. Final Huge Crisis. Flash Huge Green yeah. Lantern. He's the writer of the legendary, arguably one of the best storylines in DC Comics, the legendary Batman and Robin series with when Batman's supposedly dead and it's Dick Grayson as Batman and Damian as Robin. My favorite comic ever published. Uh, I enjoy it a lot. It's a very good. I, I I definitely think it's in the top five of storylines for DC. And the thing is, is he can take like a Batman and do really good. He can take like a Flash. He can take a Superman. He did All Star Superman, which is he did. I know he did. His All Star Superman was fantastic. That's one of Superman's best storylines, and his Justice League shit was really good too. And he did a lot of Swamp Thing shit as well with outside of DC. Well, I mean, Vertigo, I mean, it is still DC, but... Yeah, Swamp Thing's DC. Uh, his, 
he did Animal Man, which and no one gave a fuck about Animal Man ever until that motherfucker, and he made it really special. And now people love that. Ooh. That's known as one of the classic comic runs. Grant Morrison's Animal Man. Uh, he did the 50, a lot of the new Fifty Two shit. Yeah, yeah, he was hugely important. And like I said, he did fucking. He was the writer behind the Final Crisis event. He was. And his Justice League stuff cannot, like, it's not he just wrote Justice League and he picked up and made it, like, he took, like, a struggling Justice League book, which did not have Superman anymore, did not have Wonder Woman in it. And, like, like the funny Justice League, it was, like, the Baja era. It was the Justice League International with Guy Gardner and Booster Gold. and But then there was, like, like Metamorpho and, like, the Justice League of America. Like, the, the book almost, I think it got canceled. And then they started fresh with Grant Morrison, and he took the Big Seven back. And uh, he said, we're bringing uh, – he had Kyle Rayner's Green Lantern and Wally West's Flash, but he had Green Lantern, Flash, Martian Manhunter, Aquaman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman – and he fucking made that team. He brought in the satellite. You hear about the satellite era of all time, uh, where, where uh, they, they they didn't meet up in the Hall of Justice anymore. They met up in a big satellite in the fucking sky where no one could find them. That was Grant Morrison, and he made the Justice League special again. It's not he didn't just take like he made he took a team that was kind of hurting and made it like the the greatest of all time again like it was before he brought it to his previous glory and he really understood that these were like gods kind of like how we say Zack Snyder does in movies that he did for comics he like treats them as like gods and otherworldly beings absolutely so absolutely I think Grant Morrison is the best writer behind Batman comics of all time. He's my favorite Batman writer. He's also my favorite Justice League writer. That 90s Justice League run, you can't, I don't know if there's anything better. Into the 2000s. And Mark Wade kind of helped in the 2000s too, but Grant Morrison. Yeah. He's my favorite. He's the best writer. He's my number one. (laughs) So he's the best fucking writer. I like Grant Morrison's Justice League. I like Williamson's Justice League shit equally as much. Outside of the Dark Crisis event. I mean, Williamson hasn't but, done much League yet. All he did was kill him. <laughs> yeah. I meant... No, okay, my bad. I meant to say Flash comics. Yeah. Not League. It, his Flash run is, is, is up there with the best. That's All right. Honestly, Williamson's Flash run is my favorite Flash. You want to talk? Yeah, he's my number two. Yeah, my number two. Yeah, who's your number two? Since I got your number one, you'll do number. You guys should do number two, and I'll do my number one. And then we'll end on you. Okay. Uh, my number two is a man. I want to put George Perez with this guy because George Perez was the artist that worked with him on a lot of stuff, and he deserves recognition. But I went with Marv Wolfman, and. There's one reason why. I mean, he's he's done a lot of stuff, but there's one huge reason why. And it's called Crisis on Infinite Earths. One of the first comic book events and one of the greatest crossovers of all time. Not even one of them. The greatest comic book crossover. It's the reason you have these event movies. It's the reason for all this shit. It fucking took 
all the universes in the multiverse and put it into one universe, and then you had the post-crisis continuity. This dude did all this in, like, 12 issues. Uh, he, he fucking took the whole universe and all the stuff they bought, like Blue Beetle and Shazam, and fucking threw them all into one melting pot and made this huge story with the Anti-Monitor. And it was the first time, like, you saw, like, hundreds of heroes on one page fucking attacking one thing, and it was so fucking cool. And, yeah. yeah. So, just for coming up with Crisis and writing Crisis, you got to be on the list, and you should be very high. Now you add that he made the new Team Titans, which everyone's favorite incarnation of the team. It's not just sidekicks anymore. Now you got Beast Boy. Now you got Raven. Now you got Cyborg. Marv Wolfman's a fucking legend. Oh, undoubtedly, dude. Absolutely. I love, I mean, I'm, I definitely would consider him one of the greatest. Yes. I mean, he's done so much. He did Batman on the Outsiders. He's he, he's done a lot. His Detective Lantern. He did he did a little Slash, a little Nightwing. He's hopped on everything, but uh, I'd say New Teen Titans and uh, Crisis are his two big calling cards. All right. All right. You want to finish? Us, you want to finish us off, Bobby? Give us the old finish. I'm gonna finish with a a big one. My my favorite DC writer. And he goes by the name of Jeff Johns. Ooh. Jeffy Boy. G E O F that shared. Yeah. Yeah. I loved yeah. his his flash. His JSA was awesome. It was absolutely amazing. The man's made movies. He's co-written movies. He's been part of video games. He's gave us a lot of Superman, a lot of Batman. More or less, everybody knows him for Green Lantern. And another big one that people seem to forget is the Flashpoint. He did write Flashpoint, which altered the whole universe. That made the new 52. Arguably, that that event is equally as huge as when Marv Wolfman did the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Flashpoint is another event that's equally up to that far. All right, we're going to box next time we see each other, but I uh, I do see what you're saying. I mean, obviously, like, it concerns less, like, people, but, the, the like, the threat on the world and the universe, like, yeah, dude, the Flashpoint fucks it all up. We're literally, like, almost 20 years past Flashpoint, and we're still dealing with repercussions from the Flashpoint. You're right. You are right, because they both made their own, they both made a reboot. They both made it because we brought post-crisis, which rebooted everything, and then we got the new 52 right after Flashpoint. And it's known that the Flashpoint created the new 52 in timeline. So they, they both made reboots. So they, I guess they are equally important. You're not wrong. Flashpoint kind of made two reboots because they kind of did it again with Rebirth. They're still kind of going off Flashpoint. Yeah, a little bit. Now they got Flashpoint Beyond and shit, too, so they're still exploring it. Uh, and, they're, no, and they're making the Flash movie that's supposed to be based off Flashpoint. It's a huge one. And 
I mean, Jeff Johns has also done some Marvel stuff. He did some Ultimate X-Men stuff in the early 2000s and some Avengers stuff. He did. Wasn't nearly as good as his Justice League stuff, but... To me, you can't be a fan. Like, I'm a huge Wally West guy, so I automatically fucking... Jeff Johns is my guy. Uh, You cannot be a Wally West Flash fan or a Green Lantern fan in any way and not love Jeff Johns. Because he brought so much... Like, especially... He did a lot with the Flash. He did a lot with the Flash. Uh, he did a lot Green Like he did Dark Side Wars. He did the Injustice League. He did fucking. He did do Dark Aquaman. Side Wars. He was real big with Aquaman too. He did the Throne of Atlantis storyline. I remember that. Yeah, his new Fifty Two Aquaman shit was very solid. You are right on that. Uh, but what he did with the Lantern is fucking nuts. Like to me, that's his biggest because he made the other. He he made the. There was only ever the green and the yellow. He made all the other cores. He made the purple and the orange. He made the indigo tribe. He, he made the, the different colors and the emotions and stuff, the emotional spectrum. And, like, he fucking threw all... Like, he, he put a lot in the Green Lantern mythos that wasn't there, but it was a very simple concept. And fucking Jeff Johns just made it, like, one of the most, like, not only complex, but, like best parts of the DC universe by all the shit he threw in the Green Lantern. And he, like, he I did Blackest Night, I'm pretty sure, didn't he? Did he do Blackest Night? I think he did. And that's a huge... I know he did the fucking... I know he did Last Son and Krypton, too, for DC, yeah. for Superman, which is pretty good. That was a really good storyline. But yeah, like, the Green Lantern's reboot or Rebirth was all really good that he did, and, like, the Green Lantern's Brightest Day, like, yeah, he did. And Blackest Night, he did do that. Yep, yeah, Blackest Night, Green Lantern, and Tales of the Corpse. And that was with Necron and the zombie, and that bringing back dead people from the DC, that was so good. Blackest Night's, like, one of my favorite things. And that was Jeff Johns, I forgot about that. Yep. Days of Judgment with him, too. Day of Judgment? Well, when he become the Spectre? He did, yeah, and then he did the whole fucking Black Adam ISIS thing with the the JLA in the early 2000s. And like you said, his JSA, like, Sharon, you really like Stargirl. A lot of that is influenced on his JSA run. Oh, is it? Yeah, with the Hour Man and stuff like that. And a lot of the stuff we're going to see in Black Adam is, too. Like, he made the Adam Smasher. This Black Adam movie is heavily inspired by Jeff Johns' comics. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he created Adam Smasher, which is in the movie. I'm pretty sure Jeff Johns is part of the screenwriters that's part of the movie, to be honest with you. Because Jeff Johns does a lot of movie work, especially in recent years. Yeah, he was the head he of the kind of moved films. on from writing comics and moved on. I mean, he still helps with the comics and shit, but he, he did. He fucking... I heard that he's, like, the busiest man at, at D.C. Like, it's hard to get a meeting with him. And uh, is he, he does not have a writer's credit from what I see. Uh, no, he He's an executive that. producer on both Black Adam and Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Jeff yes. Johns. Uh, That's a big deal. 
Mm. And he also produced Wonder Woman 84, Birds of Prey, Aquaman. Yeah, he was head of DC Films. He was like the guy putting it all together for a while. I mean, we know how that worked out, so we're not going to talk about it too much. But he, he was, he like, he's the guy. And uh, he also he wrote Three Jokers, which is a really good Batman story. Yeah. And I actually just found this out because I'm looking at it. He wrote the storyline for the Aquaman, the first Aquaman movie. He wrote the script. Well, he did, but you got to – a lot of that's based on Throne of Atlantis already. Yeah, so a lot of it's what like – What he wrote? Which he wrote. That's what I'm saying. So, like, you might as well have him write – if you're going to make it based off his whole run, like, let him just write the fucking script. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think Jeff Johns and Joshua Williamson should get together and make some fucking shit happen. They probably they probably have. <laughs> to be honest with you, they probably have. he's also an executive producer on the Superman and Lois show and Star Girl. Yep, and Titan. He's got a lot of producer credits. He does. Jeff Johns is a really busy man. Yep. All right, Bobo, that was our fucking top ten favorite comic book writers of all time. Yeah, though. Want me to announce anything? You know what? Yeah, I'm ready. What do you got? Next week, we're going to do something a little similar, and we're going to go ahead and we're going to do top ten comic book illustrators of all time. We're doing artists? Yep. Let's get it. I'm excited for this one. I wouldn't say the greatest of all time. We're going to do our top favorites of all time. Well, yeah, that's kind of what this was too, right? A little bit. I mean, I did go for some of the best ones, but they also happen to be my favorite. But yeah, let's do favorite artists. I because uh, I know like there's some people are into different art. I might be like art that you don't like, and you might think the art that I like is fucking yeah, stupid. So. Like, I'm a really, really big fan of David Marquez's current work with Brandon Michael Bendis. Yeah, he's good. Like I really, I really, really enjoy his artwork. I'm not gonna give away too much shit. So we have a good episode next week. But uh, everybody follow the WebCave Facebook group. Follow the Instagram. And we need to make a Twitter. And we will. We do. I'm a lazy sack of shit, so I'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get it popping soon. Yeah. Hopefully we can get to it, dude. How about that, all right? But with all that being said, don't forget to spay and neuter your animals. And don't forget to shave your balls if you're a gentleman. Uh, you got anything else, Bobby? What? I'm gonna have to give you a hard no on that one, buddy. <laughs> what to say? Great, great fucking ending, dude. All right, man. We'll, we'll yeah, see everybody next week. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you.
in the struggle, you know what I'm saying? It's all good, baby, baby. Check it, check it. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Smoking with the bamboo, sipping on.